Before we start the broadcast of the Wakefield Trinity Heritage podcast, I just wanted to make you all aware of the official sponsors for the 2023 series. Our agency are a full-service digital creative agency specialising in branding, web and content creation. They are delivering results in Wakefield for organisations such as Trinity Walk and the Wakefield Cathedral. And they offer upfront, no-nonsense marketing to help you achieve your goals. Drop them a line, follow them on all their social media accounts or take a look at their website and make our agency your agency. If you are a local business in the Wakefield area and interested in sponsoring the podcast, drop Lee or Jamie a message on the Heritage social media accounts and we'll get back to you as quick as we can. Now, over to you, Cammy. Hi, it's Cammy, Chris Kamara, and you are listening to the Trinity Heritage podcast with Jamie and Lee Robinson. They are unbelievable. Good afternoon, good morning and good evening from wherever you are listening from. My name is Jamie Robinson and welcome to episode 111 of the Wakefield Trinity Heritage Podcast. On this surprisingly scorching Monday, September evening, it is a pleasure as always to welcome my co-host, my dad, Lee Robinson. How are we doing, dad? Hello and welcome back to this week's podcast. Yeah, it's, it's 28 degrees outside. If anybody's listening from Australia, I know that's sort of a, a midnight for you guys sometimes in the summer, but it's red over here and it's scorching. Uh, today, we've gone back uh, modern day again and we're delighted to welcome a present day hero. Born and bred in Sydney, he's played in the Super League Grand Final, he's played in the Challenge Cup Final before joining Trinity this year. A warm welcome to Tongan and French international Sammy Sonny Lange. Sonny, thanks for joining us, mate. Cheers, Lee. Cheers, Jamie. Appreciate that, guys. Nice. I mean, before we've just come on, we're actually 10 minutes behind technically because we were just having a physio assessment online, weren't we, mate? We were just uh, me and my dad were, were fascinated with your injury, what you've done. Is, as best as you can, can you just explain what's actually happened? Um, so, oh, as best as I can. Um, yeah, I'm going to say we'll, we'll interpret. The scapula, the fracture of the scapula joint or the scapula bone. So, if you get the scapula, which is the shoulder blade, pretty much that's, that's the scapula and it's just come apart. So, yeah. Fracture yeah. there in a couple of uh, little fractures on the shoulder joint too. So, yeah, and we, you were just showing us the scan, weren't you? And, and it's essentially you've demolished your shoulder joint in 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 technical layman's terms. But you know your, your scapula, which is your shoulder blade, is fractured, and then you've essentially fractured your arm in two with lots of little fragmental fractures as well. So you were just saying that the the surgeon said that they've never seen a rugby injury like it. It's more of a car accident type thing. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. Um, yeah, that took them a week before they could come up with uh, the plan for the surgery because yeah, they they'd never seen that before, and they were telling me it's one that you'd see in a car accident. So yeah, but the team at um yeah LGI in Leeds, yeah, they did a good job. The surgeon there and was able to to fix it up for me. And they've they've put some metal work have they in there just to stabilize it all. Yep. So I've got a metal plate in and five little screws. Wow. Just to hold the shoulder together. What's what's recovery time looking like? Um, well, so they've said four months before pretty much back full contact. So yeah, that's the plan. So I'll be ready to go again start of next season. Wow. At the moment, yeah, just started rehab uh end of last week. So just slowly getting the arm moving moving again and that's all I can do at the moment. Wow. The life and times of a professional rugby league player, mate. So uh, you won't you won't imagine it. I mean, if anybody 
can't even imagine what that scan looked like. It's just a bit of a car accident waiting to happen. And, and we've got who we've got to thank for that, mate. Who, who was the one that hammered you? Uh, it was Andre uh, Sevilla from Hull, yeah, FC. <laughs> yeah, I've seen him coming, to be honest, from the corner of my eye because yeah, I was just pushing up in support with uh, with Reese because he was taking a carry. And yeah, as I seen him, like there wasn't much I could do. I could either just stop and not catch the ball, or, or yeah, just catch it and would have probably he probably would have got me in the head instead. So. <laughs> Yeah, it was just oh, one of those ones. Yeah, the life and times there. So, Sonny, um, what we do on this podcast, I ask the same question at the start of every single podcast. I'm going to ask you the same question as well. And I'll be interested in your answer just because obviously you've only been at Trinity for a season. So, what is the first thing that comes to mind when you hear the words Wakefield Trinity? Uh, Wildcats. <laughs> I think that's the first time we've had that. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the first thing I can think of. Um, I guess because... Uh, when I was back in Oz playing, you hear Wakefield and then you just, because I think these guys used to be called Wakefield Wildcats. So, yeah. yeah. Wildcats yeah, comes to mind. And a few of the boys have told me you know, the superstitious uh, story about the Wildcats whenever they see them at the stadium. So, yeah, Wildcats comes to mind. Good. We never liked, we never liked it because we were, we were useless when we were called the Wildcats. Well, I know we're pretty useless now. But uh, when we were called the Wildcats, we were just not very good at all. So we're glad we got rid of it and went back to Trinity. Yeah. <laughs> just rewind, mate. I know you're a Tongan international. What's your family background in relation to those islands? And then what took them to Australia? Uh, yeah, so both mum and dad were both born in Tonga. So, yeah, family's Tongan. We're all Tongan. Um, well, obviously, I think, yeah, granddad, my grandfather, he moved over from Tonga to Australia just for a better life, really, um, for the family. And so... Pretty much moved my dad over, and dad got married in Tonga. Then yeah, everyone pretty much moved to Australia, and that's how, did, how we ended up there. Did your, mom and dad, did your mom and dad meet in Tonga or meet in Australia? And they met in Tonga. Oh, excellent! Yeah, so because I'm one of ten, so the oldest one he was born in Tonga. He was the only one that was born in Tonga, and, and the rest of us siblings were all born in Australia. Oh, wonderful! Do you go back much? Um, last time I went back was 2017. 2017. Yeah, but my mum and Two two of my sisters are there at the moment. So I've been there for the last few days, just visiting family. So with with the, with nine siblings, are you a close family bunch? Yeah. Oh, it's it's crazy when we're all together, <laughs> especially with all the grandkids and that running around. So yeah, you, you, were, you were born in Auburn, they were in sort of western suburbs of Sydney. Tell us about Auburn as a as a sort of town, and uh, you growing up in the nineties. Um, yeah, Auburn is a just yeah small town, uh, pro- probably similar to Wakefield in in uh, in terms of the size. Um, yeah, just a just an ordinary town, Auburn. Uh, f- I guess a few players have come out of there, or who were born there. I guess or most notably Brad Fitler was born in uh in oh, Auburn. Was he? Yeah, and Daniel Tupo was born in Auburn, so and he's still playing at the moment. Yes, yeah. Are your family still in Auburn? I uh, know, so they've moved um, 10 minutes from Auburn, so Maryland, so they're based in Maryland at the moment. Mm-hmm. So where did, you love of, where did you love a rugby league come from, footy? Oh, I guess it just come from all my um, family members. Uh, older cousin was playing, uh, he was oh, he's yeah, coming through the ranks and he ended up playing in the NRL, Junior Lange. Um, and yeah, all my older brothers and cousins just played. So yeah, I guess when I was just younger, it was just something that we all did. And that's how it came about. I was going to say, mate, that that area of Sydney, you either play rugby league or you you, you do nothing, don't you? It's, it's just it's bred into you. 
Yeah, no, that's exactly right. Um, yeah, Western Sydney or like close to. So you've got the Par- Parramatta, Parramatta area. Yeah, then. So like, uh, growing up, we were part of the Canterbury Bulldogs Juniors Development Program. So yeah, I come f- through there. Superb, man. And, and did, as, as a youngster, did you follow the Bulldogs? Were you a Bulldogs fan? No, I, to be honest, I just followed where, uh, where the older, older cousin was playing. So, uh, yeah, he was a Bulldogs junior, and then he went to St. George Dragons. Oh, yeah. And then from St. George to Melbourne, and then to Parramatta, and then uh, he came over and played at Salford for a couple of seasons. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Superb. So it's been pretty much ingrained in you then, Rubley. Did you think that you'd end up making a living out of it or did you kind of look somewhere else in school? No, I guess, you know, I just thought I'd make a living um, out of playing. Um, I guess, yeah, just growing up, I always just wanted to play rugby and watching it growing up, yeah, I wanted to do it professionally or try to. And, yeah, I guess I just got lucky just with hard work and just made sure I kept my head down and, yeah, and just kept kept going on with the grind and the hard work and yeah, I was lucky to yeah, to eventually be a professional rugby league uh, player. And and tell us about a young age, mate. You got picked for, for New South Wales combined schoolboys as well. Tell us about that. It's a fantastic achievement. Uh yeah, so I come through um I went to a Catholic school, Catholic high school. So it was pretty much all the all the Catholic high schools um we have a tournament and they yeah they pick the best 24 look yeah so i made that and reverse like like the um all the other so the combined high schools which is the uh, public schools and sports schools so yeah, we play against them and then you know obviously against queensland they have two teams as well so yeah and just come system was it something you were you were immensely proud of at the time or was it just another day for you that was something i was i was proud of um yeah because I guess uh, the first year was one of the years um, for the trials. Like I was injured and yeah, I couldn't participate because of injury. And then, so yeah, I made sure I did everything the following year to try and get in. Good stuff, mate. And then, and then not too long afterwards, you're in Australian schoolboys, and that really isn't it. At a, a prestigious club, mate. Not many people play for the Australian schoolboys. So how did you? How did that path end up? Uh, yeah, so it's pretty much the same as as the other one. Um, yeah, so come through and. Yeah, I guess I was playing some good rugby league at the time. Um, believe it or not, I was playing. Uh, I was playing second row lock that year that I made the schoolboys team. Um, yeah, I was. I guess because I was training with uh, under twenties at that at that time, and I was still only seventeen. Um, so I was training. Yeah, with under twenties, got the ex the exposure, and I guess yeah, that kind of propelled me into it. Just working hard again, and yeah, I was. Yeah, lucky enough, and um, yeah, made the Australian schoolboys team, which was always a dream um, in high school. Um, because not many players from my from the high school that I went to made that team, and yeah, the only person that made it was yeah my older cousin, and so mm-hmm. that was a motivation for me uh, to try and yeah be the next one from the school to make it as well. It's always interesting looking at the teams because we're the same age actually. I'm I mean, we're in the same school year. I know, obviously, looking at us, I'll probably look a lot older. I'm sure, but. Just looking at the team, mate, you know, Jake Trebojevic, David Clemmer, Jamal Fogarty, Nene McDonald, Junior Paolo, Curtis Sivanin, some some cracking players there that you played alongside. Yeah, no, we had, we had a good team, but yeah, we only got to play um, two games like, against New Zealand. Mm. And yeah, like, first first game, we just we just lost to the Kiwis, I think, by six points. 
and yeah, it was a, it was a shock because yeah, because of the caliber of players that we had, and then and then the second game, which was the following week, yeah, we ended up beating them by I think by fifty. So yeah, we, we've actually got the results here in front of us, mate. You, you're not too far off. Twenty eight, twenty six. You lost the first game, and then won forty points to sixteen in the second. So you you ended up touring New Zealand at that time. Was that exciting for you, or were you a bit worried about going away? That no, was exciting because um yeah. Same time, my family had a family reunion in New Zealand, so <laughs> so it worked out for them too. So they come out and watched uh, both games, which was which was good to have the family there too, um, especially mum and and yeah, for them to fly over to New Zealand and watch a game, yeah, it was exciting as well. Do you still have your kind of schoolboy jerseys? Yeah, they're all, they're all back home in uh, uh in Maryland with mum at the moment, so they all locked tucked away somewhere. But yeah. It's, <laughs> <laughs> Superb, mate. And then, and then, quite quickly, mate, you're in the Bulldogs' pathway. Is is am I right? Yep. Yeah. So I started. Yeah, come through the grades. Uh, Harry Matthews, which was under 16s, and then 18s was SG Ball. So come through those two, and then yeah, obviously to the under 20s, uh, NYC, and then uh, I think um, maybe it was 20, remember 2012. Uh, I ended up. Uh, changing mid-season and went over to the Roosters um, and then ended up with the Roosters from there. How, well, how did that move come about? Because obviously you'd come through all the pathway, all the way through the Bulldogs, and then suddenly you got into the Bulldogs team or the, the pathway and then the soldier. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, yeah. It was a shock to me, to be honest, um, when it when it all happened. I just rocked up to training one day and, and they said that um, I wasn't allowed to train because <laughs> I, was, I was no longer contracted and so I, I didn't understand what was going on. And they just said, because um, at the time they wanted um, Sam Parrott. He was at the Roosters. So, and because I think first grade, they, yeah, they were down on wingers. So, yeah, so they asked for Sam Parrott. And because I already, I was going to the Sydney Roosters. Um, I was looking at going to Sydney Roosters for the following year. And so they, that, the move came about just for a swap, player swap. So then. Yeah, we both swapped went the other way and I ended up roosters in it. So he came over to the Bulldogs. Okay, excellent stuff. Um, you actually made your international debut before your NRL debut. So tell us about that. April 2013, you played for Tonga against Samoa before you'd even ventured into first grade. How was that? How did that come about? Yeah, you know, that was, I don't, I don't even know, I can't remember how that came about. Um, I think I remember just, yeah, there was a test match game, Tonga, Samoa and... Uh, I remember a few of the old heads, uh I can't remember who, but they were just telling me, Oh, you know, we've got this game coming up. Are you are you keen to play against Samoa? I was like, Oh, like like I was buzzing that they even asked me and yeah, I was excited. Um uh, yeah. And because I yeah, hadn't made my NRL debut, I, I didn't understand why they weren't even asking me, but I guess because we were short on uh, on Tongan halves at that time. <laughs> there wasn't many Tongan halves going around uh, the NRL, so I think that's how it came about too. And you must have done okay because you actually won the test match 36-4. You scored two tries and kicked four goals. Yeah, that's when that's when I was I was able to move a bit more. Um I hadn't suffered any uh, major injuries before that time. So I was able to uh, had a bit of speed back then and uh yeah, I was able to had my kicking boots on then too. <laughs> <Not anymore. laughs> And you're talking about you, you. You said you had some of the old heads. You know, you were you you played five eighth number six. Your half back partner with Daniel Foster. But when you look at the pack, Brent Kite, Fui Fui Moi Moi, Sikamanu, Jason Tomalolo, 
Anthony Tupo and Murdoch Masilla on the bench and Richard Faso as well. What a what a Sam Mould as well. What a, what a side. You know, it was it was a good side. Um, yeah, unfortunately though, the, yeah, we didn't do too well in the World Cup that year. So <laughs> that's right. Yeah, the World Cup followed up. What do you remember of the World Cup? Yeah, just yeah, just remember it was it wasn't a good campaign for us. Um, no, we we all set ourselves a goal, and yeah, we I think after the first game, yeah, it was just they just went downhill from there. Because um, yeah, we were favourites to win. Like, I think it's Scotland was the first game, and Scotland, yeah. Yeah, we did. Yeah, it was I guess it was the first time all of us played over here uh, in England, and it was winter then too. So that's right. Yeah, you play at Workington as well. You know, Workington. And I don't know what day of the week it was, but Workington in the winter is never a great place to go to. You lost to Scotland twenty six twenty four. You beat the Cook Islands twenty two sixteen at Lee, and then beat Italy sixteen nil at Halifax. But obviously, you didn't progress in the next round. I think it was only the the team that finished the top of the pool. Uh, that year. Yeah, and you we mentioned the, t- the the players from before, but add in Daniel Tupo, Conrad Hurrell, Mahe Fanua, George Fatua, uh, Jason Tamalolo again, Willie Mando again. What a what a side you had, but you couldn't get through. You know, the, our, our forward pack there it was it was unbelievable to play with them. Um, and Jason Tamalolo, like, we were the same age, and we were, like he was we were one of the young ones coming up. And yeah, like to play with you yeah, with like those like you said those guys, Fui Fui, um, Brent Kite, uh, Willie Manu. Uh, yeah, it was it was just an awesome experience, and yeah, it was a real real privilege to play with them. Was was that your first your first time to England? Are you okay? Yep, twenty thirteen. Yeah, yeah, that was my first time. And how did you find it? How did you find the sort of English weather and culture? Uh yeah, the weather took took getting used to. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but the English people they were good uh, because of we were set up in um, close to Lee, uh, Worsley Park. We're, oh yes, yeah, yeah. And in Manchester or Trafford Centre was like literally 10, 15 minutes. So we pretty much spent most of our time there at the Trafford Centre. Good stuff, mate. And then kind of looking at that that period of your life, you're only twenty, and you'd made your international debut. You'd played in a World Cup abroad. And then suddenly you were making your NRL debut for the Roosters as well, mate. Was it was it a lot to take in at the time? Uh, yeah, no, it was. Um, it was a lot to take in, and because that whole year I was playing, I was playing in the halves of at the Roosters. I was playing on the twenties, and I was playing in the halves, and um, yeah, it just all happened uh, that year. And yeah, I was lucky enough to make my debut. Uh, I ended up playing in the centres against Tigers that game. Yeah, yeah, bang on. Um, but looking back, because I was yeah, I was probably a bit bit heavy back then when mm-hmm. I made my debut. I, yeah, I was, was hundred and three kilos and my playing weight at the moment now is like ninety six, ninety seven. So yeah, the if I was that weight when I made my debut, I probably would have had a better hit out, first hit out. <laughs> and um you you were coming into a Roosters team who were probably the best team in the world at that point as well, man. Some of the names it's just it's just ridiculous looking at it. Like the the back line that you were playing in in this game: Tuivasa-Shek, Tupo, Jennings, Lange, Kenny Dowell, Maloney, Pierce. That that's that's one of the best backlines that there's ever been. Yeah, no, that was the year that um, that they won it too. So yeah, yeah just an awesome environment and. It was- Real professional to be a part of, especially with that team and that squad. Um, yeah, and I, 
was because there was a I was a chance early in the year to uh, to debut uh, in the halves um during the origin period, but yeah, the week before I ended up fracturing my shoulder uh, my shoulder joint then. Oh, yeah, it was the labrum. So I missed out and I would have debuted in the halves. Yeah, missed out and yeah, then got lucky enough to uh to debut in the centers with the with the players there. And and that's just the back line, mate. You, you, you know, you talk about the presence of players like Jared Guerrero Argreaves, Jake Friend, and you know, one of the le- most legendary names in modern times, Sonny Bill Williams. What what is it like sharing a dressing room with these inspirational blokes? It was, it, was, it was unreal. Um, yeah, you just, yeah, like, don't want to let anyone down, let any of those players down, you know. Um, and, yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, for me, like, being that young too, like, it was just awesome to be a part of and uh, just to get all, like, soak it all in. And, yeah, like, yeah those that caliber players, like you said, Sonny Bill, um, yeah, especially, like, he's played All Blacks Rugby Union, but New Zealand rugby league, he's, he's done it all boxing. Um, he just had that real professionalism about him. And I learned, yeah, learned a lot uh, that year about being professional and just what it takes to be a professional rugby league player. What does it take? What What would you pass on to now when it's some of the younger kids? What would you say is, is some of the main goals to make? So, um, sacrifice. So, like, not going out. Um, if 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 you have if you have a game, get injured, you know, just yeah, sacrificing and not going out on the drink. Um, just looking after your body, which is you no know, sleep, recovery, um, nutrition, you know, the foods that we eat. Um, yeah, just just being committed, um, like to the cause. You know, make sure you turn up every week, every day, you know, ready to go, and yeah, just with the right attitude, right. Uh, Mental attitude when it comes to training and everything. And I mean, it suited you. I know. I know you couldn't get a starting spot in that team, but that year you you made the 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 um the youth season team of the year as well in the in the lower grades. So you're showing that you were progressing through there alongside players like Luke Brooks and and all them type of type of boys as well. Yeah, that was yeah. It was a good year for me. Um, 2013. Um, yeah, I look back and you know, just. Yeah, I was slowly um coming up to the grades and yeah, I guess progressing in my rugby league and um yeah, I think uh, for me we're we're kind of not slowed down, but uh, I think it was just figuring out the position that I wanted to play. Mm. So, yeah, I was I was I was a big five eight uh twenty thirteen and so yeah, I needed to make some adjustments and try and yeah, see where, where else I could play and at the time we had Robert uh, debuted in the center, so then yeah, I saw myself as a center, and then I was still yeah, playing around with diff- different positions, and yeah, just trying, still trying to find my feet, uh, really. And I guess even though it must have been so incredible being part of that changing rooms, you weren't going to shift many of them players out of the starting positions. Nah, no, nah, obviously not. <laughs> uh, and we, our staff that we had there too, the the um, medical staff, and they, they did an awesome job keeping players on the field. So yeah, it was going to be hard to always try and get into that team and yeah, I was yeah, like I said before, luckily enough to get two games that year, now uh, that you don't want it. Good stuff, mate. Did you did you were you part of the winner's circle afterwards? Did you did you get brought in with everything when they won it all? Yeah, no, it was. Um yeah, and that was unreal that experience. Um just everything, uh all the bull yeah. 
first grandfather, or the first grandfather to be a part of um, an NRO and just to witness it all and witness the fans and that, it was, it was crazy. It was a crazy experience, uh, 2013. Good stuff, mate. And then kind of after that, you know, you said it was it was difficult bedding in at, at, at the Roosters. And then am I right in saying you moved over to, to the rivals at the Bunnies? Uh, yeah, so I spent um, three and a half years at the Roosters. And and then um, my last year at the Roosters, I did my first real major injury, which was I did my ACL. Um, and so, yeah, I had, I had nothing. Uh, no contract because, um, yeah, I guess the it was back. It was towards the end of the season, uh, twenty fifteen, and yeah, and yeah. So, um, ended up signing with North Sydney Bears, which was the reserves, uh, for the bunnies, and then um, yeah, just did rehab, come through there, and, and yeah, they said there was a shot opportunity there to um to come into the uh, the Rabbitohs system, uh, first grade system, and then that didn't happen because the two games in. After the left ACL, I did the right one. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so did the right one uh, playing for Tonga after two games. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then so then after after North Sydney Bears and and the Rabbitohs, then I went over to Penrith. Uh, got a training trial deal at Penrith. Now answer the big question because we were gonna we were gonna ask you. There's a big gap in your NRL career between 2015 and 2016. You've answered it doing two ACLs. By golly, that would have mm. that, that would have tough two years. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a real real tough. Um, was it was a dark, yeah I ended up in a dark place uh, personally. Um, and it was yeah the first real major injury that I did yeah the left knee, and then. And then doing then doing that nine month rehab and then coming back and playing two games and then doing the other side. Yeah, you know, I, I I thought like that was it for me. Um I, I didn't think I'd I was thinking of giving it up, like yeah, it was it was pretty yeah, it was pretty hard at the time. Uh, yeah, doing two back to back ACLs. And then yeah, I was lucky enough after I did the right one, um Gus Gould feel good. Gave me an opportunity with uh, Penrith training trial and pretty much again sacrificed uh, doing everything right and just trained trained my ass off and yeah got back onto the field and then played uh, reserve grade and then ended up from there coming over to England um, yeah at Lee and and spent uh, twenty seventeen yeah middle of twenty seventeen with uh, with Lee. Uh, trying to help them to stay up uh, that year. Good stuff, Jay. Just rewinding, when you were talking about your ACLs then and your mental health, well, how did you sort of overcome that? And what did you do to help your mental health at the time? Because two ACLs back-to-back with two games in between, that that was probably tough. Yeah, um, I, had, I had a good uh, good support network uh, system. Um, I had my family, but uh, obviously I had, had my, at the time, she was my wife, uh, girlfriend, sorry. <laughs> She's my wife now, and yeah, she just just kept kept positive and just you no, know, just told me just keep my head down. Like we'll be, you'll be able to come back from this. Um, no, you did nine months on the rehab on the left side, and come back, and I played two games and made the Tongan team, and she said, no, you can do it again. Um, I said just just keep your head down again, and yeah, you'll be able to come back stronger and better again, and, and that's what I did. And yeah, in, in present day, like with Stuart Dickens at the club now, where where welfare officers in the system now, did they have welfare officers or somebody along that 
lines at the in the NRL in 2015 at Roosters? Uh, yeah, they had it at the Roosters, but because um, I come off contract, I was no longer ah uh, yes yeah part of the club. Um, and then obviously, oh yeah, so when I did it with North Sydney Bears, uh, which was the right side, um, the coach at the time, I forgot his name, he's with the War, uh, I think he's with the Warriors, assistant at the Warriors. Um, yeah, he, he gave me the opportunity to try and um, take up a co- coaching role uh, with him at North Sydney Bears. And so I was kind of, yeah, coaching um, while I was doing my rehab. And that, I guess that kind of kept me busy and just kept me around around the team. And I guess yeah, I guess that was a big help too with my mental mental health. I just being around the boys and it yeah, just uh continuing doing rehab and yeah, doing that. Fantastic, mate. You mentioned Gus Gould uh, in a few sentences ago. We're big fans of Gus over here. Tell us about Gus. What was he like as a block, or what is he like as a block? Uh, he's 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 straight to the point. Um, <laughs> he's honest. Yeah, if I could, yeah, describe one word about him. Yeah, he's, he's honest, and um, yeah, when I had I had a meeting with him, and he was just honest with me, and just said, you know, I can give you this training tra- train and trial deal here at the Penrith, but you have to show me why you um, why you deserve it. And uh, when I met him, I was one hundred and fifteen kilos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and, and that whole uh, off season, which was November. Uh, started of November to uh, just before Christmas break, I, I lost all that weight and um, yeah, I finished off the off season at ninety yeah ninety five ninety six kilos. Wow. Yeah, so then I was able to yeah get like just a little contract there at Penrith um, yeah with the reserves team there. Good and why why Lee? There were the Centurions at the time. Why Lee Centurions? What brought your brought you over here? Um, I guess yeah, there were a few clubs um over here um in 2017. I think it was um it was the whole middle it was the middle eights or super eights. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So there was a couple of clubs and I guess with Lee um it was because yeah with the World Cup I I knew it. that's where we um we trained and I knew a few of the boys that were there too. So yeah, when they reached out uh to my manager, yeah, I just said, oh yeah, I'm I'm happy to go there and. And see what I can do, and um, yeah, and just made made the trip over to Lee and come over for the yeah, just in time before the middle eights. And then um, just putting that into perspective, what you just said before that that was about three stone you lost there, isn't it? About twenty kg. That's an incredible effort in in a preseason. So no wonder they they uh, they were pretty happy with that, mate. But you know the 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 time at Lee was difficult because those super eights were a bit uh, they fluctuated a little bit, didn't they? In opinion, um, and you end up getting relegated by the million pound game. I know you didn't actually play in that, but what what was what was the feeling of that? It was a it was a weird feeling because yeah, like just a week building up to it, like you turn up to training, but you don't know if if you're going to be there for the next the next season or if the club's going to still be up or yeah it was just all new to me and it was just um it was kind of scary for the for players and and for the staff especially the people that work behind the scenes you know, in the office for them because they don't know if, if they're still got a job for next for the following season so it was, it was a weird one um and then obviously yeah after the game it was just it was just heartbreaking uh, for the fans and just for yeah, for everyone involved, really, it was yeah. 
And for those unaware listening, the team you played in that game were, were, was Catalans. D- did you know at the time you were signing for them or was that done and, do- done and dusted afterwards? That, that all happened afterwards. Um, that probably all happened maybe a month after the game. Um, but yeah, I guess because I, I knew Steve uh, McNamara uh, during my time at the Roosters. Yeah. And I guess yeah, one of the better games that I played when I was over um, with Lee was against Catalans when we played them in um, in Perpignan and um, I think like, I, I said this to Steve um, when I was at the Dragon I was like oh you guys are lucky that uh, that I was injured for that million pound game because it could have been the other way around <laughs> <laughs> not surprised mate I mean they, you had a cracking cracking time at Catalan I guess I mean we'll talk about it in depth now but five seasons at Catalan it must have been nice to have a bit of stability in your career yeah no that was um after the Roosters, but uh, yeah, that was probably yeah, like you said, the stability, and that was a good thing for me and uh, me, and my wife, and the kids. Uh, just having yeah, that uh, stability there at the Dragons, just knowing that I had a job. Like so, the first one was two years my contract, and then signed another two years, and then yeah, then one, and you yeah, know we enjoyed our time there in France. Um, yeah, yeah it was. A, Good time there, um, and just raising our kids there too. And now we're here, and um, it's been easy since we've been here, just because of the language. Language was was the main thing that's that's helped. Do you know any French? Did you learn much? Yeah, I, I learned a bit. Uh, it could be a, a lot, a lot better. Spending five years there, but yeah, I, I get by with with bit of French. Good stuff, mate. Excellent. And you know, moving to Catalan, they were they were in the million pound game, and then they started progressing very quickly once once you you arrived, and obviously a few other bodies arrived as well. In 2018, you were you were suddenly at Wembley in a Challenge Cup final. Initially, mate, did, did you know much about the Challenge Cup and, and the meaningful side of it? Uh, no, no, I had had no idea. Uh, had no idea till yeah, until we made like the semis and won that and got to the final at Wembley, and then yeah, started looking into it. And, yeah, it was it was quite quite surreal just to understand like just to see how big it is um you know, with all the competitions involved uh, in rugby league over here so and I remember that year too in 2018 um we we started off pretty slow I think we lost like maybe 11 in a row <laughs> at the time I think it was 11 and then then we then we made a couple of signings and then we went on a on, on a winning run that year and went all the way to Wembley and what was that feeling like, mate? I know, are you a big soccer fan? Do you know much about Wembley as well, the stadium? Uh, no, nah, not a soccer fan, but yeah, I, I knew Wembley was like it was a like one of the all time places to try to play on, and yeah, they big events and that happened there, and yeah, that's all I knew at the time. So yeah, I was was lucky enough to yeah, to play there and, and win a game or win the Challenge Cup there in twenty eighteen. And were you nervous before, Andy? Are you, are you a type of player that gets nervous? Yeah, so before every single game, um, I dry reach or dry reach. Yeah. Oh, really? really? So I, I go to spew up, but, but nothing comes up. So, yeah, it, it's before every single game. And, and if it doesn't happen before a game, then, then I know that um, I'm, I'm off. <laughs> Something's not right. <laughs> wow. What, why do you feel as though you feel like that? Yeah, I'm not too sure. It, it's something that that started um, probably when I was 16. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's 
it's just happened and ever since that then it's just it doesn't go away it's just uh, I think it's just nerves but I think it's a good thing it's good to be nervous before a game and I guess it's just stayed with me since then and you were the underdogs that day, mate, as well. I remember me and me and my dad were there. We watched that live. You, you beat Warrington twenty points to fourteen. What what was it? What was it like finally winning the final whistle and you get your you get your winners medal? Now that was yeah. Now that was unbelievable. That was um, that was a cool moment. because uh, I remember Warrington were taking the line for the last five minutes, just five minutes straight of attacking our try line, and um, I think they went for a crossfield kick and. Because they were targeting uh, Fuad Yaha, those high kicks, and I think he finally caught one on the wing. And then as soon as he caught that, well, I think there was like maybe two minutes to go, and ref gave us a penalty. And then we just knew then, like, yep, we got this. And so yeah, we just played the play the clock down, slowed the time down, and yeah, it was it was unbelievable because yeah, it was the first time that France or Catalans have ever won anything too. And um, yeah, it was just it was just awesome especially for the people back in Perpignan and in France just yeah, to... good. it was good for the game wasn't it because obviously it's an English competition and uh, the Cat- Catalans are quite well respected over here so for them to win the Challenge Cup uh, that year in 2018 was a, a big thing for the game really as well as uh, French yeah no it was um, and, and at the team that we had too that I think there was maybe seven or eight so half the team was or maybe more than half was like French players too, so yeah, it was it was good for French rugby league too. And the, and the team gradually got better, you know. In, in that season, when you won the Challenge Cup, you finished eighth in Super League. The following season, you finished seventh. The following season, which was two thousand and twenty, you finished fourth. And then the next season, two thousand and twenty-one, you finished top, and you got to the grand final. So that was one hell of a rise, and uh, you, you you had a good side round you. Yeah, no, we did. Um, it was a good side. Um, yeah, just some of the players that they brought in after twenty eighteen uh, just changed the environment of um of the team, just making it more professional and and just more competitive. And um, I guess because yeah, before I I had arrived, I guess it was just a up like inconsistent um team. Even though they've always had a good good team, there was just real in- inconsistency in their performances. And I guess even when I arrived in eighteen and nineteen, our performances were still the same. Um. One week we'd win by thirty, and then the following week you get flogged by forty. But yeah, it was it was like that, and then I guess um kind of found just the winning formula or the coaching staff, and they had the plan from twenty twenty, and then yeah, I guess we we they've kicked on from there. Good stuff. Tell the background final mate against St. Helens. How did how did you feel that night? Because that would a you know, Wembley was good, but there's only fifty thousand there. It was half full. Old Trafford was full with about seventy odd thousand that night. Tell us about Grand Final night. You know, that, that was on a different level. Uh, grand Final night. Um, is it Old Trafford? Is Old Trafford, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and because the stadium was or the field was right right next to the grandstand. Yeah, those you could just hear everyone. It was just loud, and I remember the first set. Um, couldn't hear anything. We were calling plays. Yeah, it was just, it was just crazy. It was almost awesome atmosphere to play in, and yeah, it was, it was just crazy. Um, yeah, that game, and it was disappointed. Um, yeah, we didn't get the win. Um, uh, but yeah, no, it was a. Uh, I I remember that grand final, not for the right reasons though. <laughs> was Steve McNamara a good coach to play for? Good bloke. Yeah, Steve was good. Um, 
yeah, the way he it changed the the club really from when he first started in I think twenty seventeen when they won the million pound game and yeah, just the players he brought in and just the way that yeah, the the best that he got out of his players, I guess everyone bought into it and yeah, now the clubs yeah they they're going good um seeing some yeah some progress that yeah hopefully um yeah we're, we're unlucky to to not win that year in uh in twenty one and I guess they're still on the rise and hopefully you know, for the people back there um this year maybe they might do it this year with the team that they have. Yeah, we sat here in sort of September 2023 and up until last week they were top of the league again. They were going well. They've had a bit of a bad run and now they're sort of joint top with Saints and Wigan that we play them in five days' time. So we hope they don't sort of pick up now. But it would be good to see them in a grand final again as opposed to St. Helens and Wigan. Yeah, no, it will be. And hope, yeah, hopefully they don't turn up on Friday and uh, they give us this one. <laughs> What happened, mate? I know, I know that I, I don't know how much can actually be said, but around the period um, of that period, of the season after it was announced that you were going to come to Trinity, and then it all just kind of disappeared. Was, was there something in the background that people weren't aware of, or was it a change in environment? And that was it was just a change of heart. Um, yeah, I ended up changing my mind at the the very last minute, um, just because the. Yeah, just uh, more family reasons. Um, my wife we were, and the kids were all settled in France, and little one was she was going to school. Um, yeah, I guess yeah, it was just it was just more just a change of heart, really. Um, nothing to do with with money, like some of the people think. Mm-hmm. Um, I, if I could say something, yeah, I'll say anything. Money, I ended up staying for less, way less than yeah, what Wakefield were offering, offering me and stayed for one year instead of coming over for three. Um, so it was never never about money. It was just more about um, yeah, just what the family, what I felt that the family needed at that time. And, and yeah, for me, I was, yeah, just change of heart. And uh, yeah, that, that all happened. And yeah, if looking back, I could say I, I probably, yeah, not regret it, but but could have my time again. I wouldn't put um, yeah the Wakeful fans in that in that situation again, and and my family um, if I could go back in time. Yeah. In terms of transfers in, in rugby league, anyway, how much say does a player have? You know, if the club and the agent decides it, what is that it, or do do you get a a, a big say in it? Yeah, I think um, it's more the agents and and the club. And the, the player just he either just agrees or says <laughs> no. Yeah, but I've I've learned now to have a say to have a say in it now. So definitely, I think even I mean it was obviously we wanted you, we'd have loved you a season ahead of time. But if you felt it was right for yourself and your family, then you you, you have every right to to put yourself first, don't you really? Yeah, and, and that's what I ended up doing, just putting me and the family first. Um, but yeah. I, if if we had come over, it would have been uh, just that stability of three years, knowing that the three years was there, and and it was either stability or or, or family um, for family reasons, and yeah, ended up just yeah staying for family. Yeah, and then kind of you know again around that time period, mate. I'm just I just want to focus this right in my brain. So, 
Um, family at Tongan, you were born in Australia, you played for the schoolboys, you had a tour in New Zealand, you then came over to England and played, played five years in France, and then suddenly you're playing for France as well. So you've got you've got a, a million different cultures within you, mate, and now you're stuck in Wakefield. But how did you end up playing for France? When, when did that conversation start? Um, yeah, so that, that came about um, when I ended up staying the extra one year at the Dragons. So I had no idea. Um, so yeah, when I signed to stay on for the one for the one extra year, um, one of the well, one of the staff at the time at the Dragons, he said, "Oh, you're eligible to play for France now because it'll be five years." And I and I, I yeah, the first thing I said was, "But I'm not French." And, and then he said, "Oh, but you can play for France because you know, you've lived here for five years." And yeah, I just never like I just dismissed it because yeah. Like yeah, I wasn't. I'm not French. Um, obviously, I was born in Australia and of Tongan parents. Um, but yeah, when when I thinking about it a bit more, um, they approached me again, and then yeah, I kind of just thought about it, and because both my daughters were born in France, I was like, oh, yeah, I guess like you know, there's some ties to France. Um, with both my girls born there, and yeah, so that's how it all came about. Um, and so yeah, I changed my allegiance and. Yeah, said put my hand up for France. Superb, mate. It's very interesting because obviously, I mean, since you made your debut for Tonga, these nations are a real powerful force now, aren't they? Tonga, Samoa, Fiji, PNG, um, you know, all, all those nations are, are really thriving as well. So I, I guess the, the competition is, is harder than ever to make it for those sides. Yeah, yeah, no, it is. And yeah, and that was also a factor because um yeah, just the Calibre players back in the NRL, the young, uh, you know, for the Tongans and Samoans and that, it was always going to be hard to try and make that those squads and 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 I guess yeah, spending five years with amongst the French boys, you know, that they asked me too if I wanted to play with them because they you know, they they would have loved if I said yes and yeah, I'm glad that I did um, and hopefully I can get some more games with them under my belt for France. Yeah, I was going to say, is it something that you're still still interested in? Obviously, you're looking forward to doing it again. Yeah, no, I'm still in, I'm still um, interested in it. Um, I think there's a game coming up. I think they've got two games coming up this year, um, but obviously, I won't won't be a part of. And yeah, hopefully, they've got some games next season because um, I think for the next World Cup, don't know if I'll be there or not. But they need to, I think, be in the top ten to to qualify. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll try my best to try and do everything I can to try and make sure that, that they're there for that next World Cup. Do they all speak French about you behind your back? Nah, they just laugh at me. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, they, no, they laugh at me, but no, it's all good. They speak English too, and yeah, you know, they they teach me teach, they teach me the bad words, but yeah, you know, I, I don't say it too often. <laughs> I'm gonna say you spent five years there. You must know a few bad words and a few uh, a few scrum players anywhere. <laughs> yeah, I'll repeat them. Yeah, I won't say them. Yeah. <laughs> Just mentioning the World Cup, where you obviously got the World Cup. Tell us about that. Um, when you played um, England at Bolton, it was a sellout. You know, you you lost for thirty four. Um, sorry, I'm looking at the wrong one. You you, you lost um, forty to eighteen, but it was a sellout. You know, twenty three, twenty four thousand at uh, Bolton. That must have been a big uh, a big day for you. You know, it was it was a big day for um for all of us, uh, for everyone involved, and um, yeah, we 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 felt 
that we could could get the job done against England. And I guess the first half, yeah, we'll win the game, and um, even the start of the second half. And then I think when they scored, England scored one. Was it was a. I think it was a forward pass that they scored off, and then yeah, just <laughs> heads went down, and yeah, they just ran away with the game. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, and then then it was all over. You played some old, and it was all done. You got stuff sixty-two yeah. four at uh, at Warrington. That was a bad day. Bad day. That was a bad day in the, in, in the office there in Warrington. <laughs> um, yeah, I pulled my hammy there too. Just to oh, did you? Yeah. yeah, I bet you did. <laughs> you've had two bad days at Warrington because uh, that, that this year I know you're at Wakefield yeah, now, yeah. but they, like, this year you played uh, at Warrington again and lost sixty four nil against England. So it's not a good place for you. Nah, nah, it's not. <laughs> yeah, it was um, the the one earlier this year. Was, yeah, we it was a young. We had a young squad. I guess both teams are a young squad, but yeah. um, I think our one was more inexperienced uh, compared to England's team. Excellent, so, yeah. man. Good stuff. Good stuff. So, what brought you to Trinity this year? Then, did they, did they keep chasing you, or what was the story about sort of joining Trinity uh, for this season? Oh, so yeah, when when it all didn't go to plan the first time, um, I had the conversation with Michael and just said, you know, if not this year, maybe the following year, like you no, know, keep in touch and that. And yeah, I guess that's how it all came about. I I reached out and just said, or asked if there was if there was anything, um. At Wakefield and said, "Oh, just let me check." And I, I think um, you guys had just announced that um, Mash was the head coach, so that that to reach out to him and and then he called me and said, oh, "If you're interested in coming, I would love for you to come." And then it just happened, it just happened. Um, yeah, after that phone call with Mash, and you know, it happened quickly. Yeah, and now I'm here, so it's good. Excellent. It's been a tough year, mate. But have you have you enjoyed it? Have you sort of settled into Wakefield Wakefield life? Yeah, so it took me and the family about four or five months uh, to get settled in. But um, yeah, now we're settled in now, and yeah, well, we love it here. We love it here in Wakefield, and when you get weather weather like this, it's yeah. <laughs> why wouldn't you? So we don't, we haven't got a beach here, have we? Because I read when you live when you lived in Catalan, did you live near the beach? Yeah, so um, our first place here was. Literally a street behind the the beach, and then, okay. and then the next place we moved to was about five minute drive. Wow. Yeah. Where where are you now? I'm not obviously not. Yeah, we don't need to know exactly where you are. But so where are you now in South Wakefield? Obviously, sixty miles from the beach now. So we're between uh, Renthorpe and Snow Hill. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah. So we we we're just yeah uh, yeah we're just there. Oh, excellent. Yeah, I used to live there. I, used yeah, to live there. I, I grew up around there, so, oh, yeah, nice area. 10-minute walk of that um, to Trinity Walk to the shops, which is really real close, which is good. Excellent, mate. And what, what would you, how, how, how long are you here for? I know, are you, I did you sign one-year contract, two-year contract? Yeah, so I signed a, a two-year contract, um, but I think, yeah, that all just depends on, on how, this, um, how this season goes, how the last few games go. So... Yeah, at the moment I'm still here for next season, and and that's what I'm hoping. Um, yeah. I guess it'll just all depend on what what happens at the end of the season. Yeah, we'd love you to stay, mate, because obviously you've only played 14 games this year. So we've had 24. You've had you only played 14. Did you did you injure your ankle? Was it a sort of ankle syndesmosis injury you did initially? Yeah. So yeah, it was my syndesmosis. Um, but it was a, it was it was a high grade, but um, the uh, 
surgeon and specialist didn't think that I'd need, a, need an operation. So he just stayed in the moon boot for about four weeks or two, I think it was two to three weeks, and then just rehab. And then, yeah, I was able to, to be back after six weeks. But, yeah, now this year for me person, personally, yeah, it hasn't been a good year because, yeah, first the ankle injury and now now this. Um, yeah, just disappointed, uh, really, because you know, I'd rather be out there trying to trying to help the boys um, do everything that, that we can to stay up and you know, to win those games. That, um, yeah, that yeah, yeah no matter where we end up, we could do with you for another year just to get some more get some more games out of you. Because uh, 14 yeah. is what we've seen so far, we've loved as well. And... Uh, we 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 look we love you in that uh, centre position. The first fourteen games, man. We lost the first fourteen. What was the sort of mood in the camp like? It can't be a from outside looking in. It looked a bit doom and gloom. But what was it like from within? You know, we yeah within the, um, the group. You know, we we knew we could just you know, make sure we what we could control was turn up. Make sure we trained hard, and you know, we knew we'd be able to get just that one win and try and roll on from there and yeah, I guess it took us a while to get that first win um, but you know the mood within the camp you know, everyone you know, we, we were positive uh, and we're still positive now uh, and um, yeah, that, that's all it was um, just just to stay positive and just keep doing all the little things right and and like the first win will, will come and yeah when it did come for the boys I, I missed that game I think it was against Leeds and then you know, the boys got a good roll, roll on and got um, yeah, three or four in a row. So yeah, that that was good. And uh, yeah, obviously now with three more games remaining, hopefully, you know, we turn up. You no, know, it was close yesterday. Uh, some bad calls from the from the ref, if I'm not say that. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, yeah, we can. You know, we just need, yeah, just get another win and and just try and stay up. And that, yeah, that's the main plan. That's the main goal uh, for the last three games. And are you a vocal guy in the, in the dressing room and within the squad? Because looking at looking at the team now, you're one of the most experienced players. Obviously, you're 30 years of age now, so you've got a bit more on, on other players in the team. Yeah, I'm, I'm one. Yeah, I'm not real vocal in, inside the the changing rooms and that, but on the on the field, I am. Uh, yeah, I'm real vocal on the pitch, but yeah, inside changing rooms and that. Now, I tend to just stay back unless unless um, I don't agree with something, then I'll speak out, but. Most of the time, uh, the other other older heads know that they're saying all the right things. So, yeah, I don't really need to say much. I usually just yeah with my actions on the field and, and, and speak up on the field. Good stuff, mate. And, and I know, again, your, your future's a bit up in the air at the minute, as, as is a lot of players. But are you are you enjoying yourself? Are you happy at the minute with, with what's going on? Obviously not, yeah, not happy um, with being out injured um, and just yeah, where we're at where we're at at the moment but yeah I'm happy that that, that I'm here with my family here in Wakefield and uh, we've been enjoying our time here and we're loving it here and um, uh, the plan is that we're here next year and, and like yeah we're, we're pretty much settled in and um, hopefully we can put the little one into school soon uh, even though they're start, starting tomorrow but, yeah, we're pretty much settled and yeah we, we're enjoying our time here in Wakefield stuff man and what keeps you busy outside the rugby league obviously I know you've got a couple of little ones have you got any hobbies yourself nah just the little ones <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all, the, all the time yeah it's dedicated to the little ones but yeah hopefully once um, the older ones in school then be able to, to get out and do a bit more 
Good stuff, mate. And, you know, you're looking back at your career, you've still got a number of years ahead of you, but, you know, New South Wales schoolboys, Australian schoolboys, you've toured New Zealand, you've been part of a squad that's won their NRL Grand Final, you've played alongside players like Jason Tamalolo and Sonny Bill Williams and Mitchell Pearce. You know, you've you've played in a million-pound game, you've played in a Challenge Cup final, you've played in a Grand Final, you've won the league, um, <laughs> and obviously you've you've been a bit difficult times at Trinity at the minute, but you've had a hell of a career. You've you've played for two international sides, you've played in two World Cups as well. You you must be you must look back and, and be pretty happy with what you're doing. Um but yeah, to be honest, like I, I, yeah, I haven't really um yeah, looked back or reflected on 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 how far I've come. Um I think more because just focused uh in the now. Um and, and just at Wakefield, I think yeah. Once once I finish playing and and hang it all up, I guess then I'll have time to look back. But yeah, after hearing you saying it, it's just like I don't, I can't believe that I've done all of that. Um, yeah, I think my you wife has done all that. <laughs> I don't. You need to write a book about your career. It's amazing, brazen belting career. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, yeah. I don't really yeah think about about that. Um, Probably yeah, won't think about it till till I actually uh, finish playing and yeah. yeah but yeah, I, I guess my wife's reminded me a few times just you know, on, on what I've done and what I've achieved and yeah, you know, I I just brush it to the side and yeah, just I yeah, I tend to just focus in the now and um yeah, right now that's that's Wakefield. <laughs> Good stuff, mate. I mean, we uh, we really appreciate you coming on, mate, because I know it's a difficult time for all the current Trinity players and it's not something you want to be too basking in too much because we've still got a bit more work to do. But I know you're rehabbing at the minute and me and me, me, me and my dad and everybody listening just wants to thank you for coming on our podcast and, and sharing your, your experience and your life and times with us. No, cheers for that. Um, yeah, appreciate it. Uh, both of you guys, Lee, Jamie, and uh, thank you for having me on. Um, hopefully... I've just provided a bit of insight on onto the life of of me, um, you know what I've gone through growing up, coming through the the systems and injuries and all that. Um, yeah, hopefully you got yeah, the Wakefield supporters and fans they they know a little bit more about myself and yeah, I don't know. I'm gathered to be up for uh, for the for the rest of the season and hopefully yeah, the boys get the job done and. Yeah, we're still here for next season and go again. Superb stuff. We hope to see you again next year, mate. Thank you, everybody, for listening to episode 111 of the Wakefield Trinity Heritage Podcast. You can find us on podcasting platforms worldwide and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for real-time updates on the podcast. Massive thank you to my co-host, Lee Robinson, and thank you once again to the one-armed Sammy Sony Lange. I have been Jamie Robinson, and we will catch you all down the road. Hi, it's Cammy Triscamara. You have been listening to the Trinity Heritage Podcast with Jamie and Lee Robinson. It's unbelievable.